welcome to the Nerd Party. Maximum warp. Punch it. Punch it! Punch it, Bishop! Punch it. Punch that shit! Let's punch it. Hello, everybody, and welcome. This is Punch It! Writing in Star Trek. I'm your co-host, Tristan Rodell, and with me, as always, is... Charlene Schmidt. Charlene, it is so good to have you back. We missed you last week when we had John Mills visiting and uh, talking some Star Trek, and uh, your presence, your, your lack of presence was felt. <laughs> oh, but I was always here in spirit, so... You couldn't have missed me that much. It was only one week. And thank you so much, John, for filling in. You guys did a bang-up job on that story. I loved it, loved it, loved it, loved it so much from the topic title to what you guys mapped out. That was so cool. And then you know what I realized is we have never before that story taken a more theatrical look at portraying Star Trek. Why have we not done that? Because it was great. It's, it's really interesting because both you and I have theater in our background, and so does John. And so it is, it is quite interesting that you and I never kind of took to that final frontier. But it <laughs> was a lot of fun. It was a great exercise. And I kind of want to have John back so that we can have that part two where we focus a little bit more on Valeris. But yeah, you seem to really enjoy it because you told me that more than a few times, and a few, few <laughs> listeners did as well. Yeah, I might have spammed all of the social media channels, singing praises for what you guys did, and sent you messages personally. Yeah, hey, I want to recognize good work when it's out there, man. That's all I'm trying to do. (laughs) (laughs) Well, for those of you who might have missed it, uh, it was last week. It was episode 50, and uh, we did a two-act play focusing on Admiral Cartwright and Valeris from Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country. And it was, uh, yeah, it was great, and everybody should check it out. And what you can do is you can go to thenerdparty.com slash punchit and uh, check out all of our back catalog there. And if you have any topics that you want to talk to us about, you can go to thenerdparty.com slash contact, select punch it from the drop-down menu, and uh, fill out a form. It'll send us an email. And if you want to find us on social media, you can find us at facebook.com slash thenerdparty, twitter.com slash join nerdparty, and you can find us personally on Twitter as well. You can find me at the Insane Robin. And you can find me at Oh the Profanity. Now, this week is, uh, this is something that it's going to be, uh, this is a bit of a cheat because last week we had a writing on the fly slotted. Yes. And so, like, you couldn't make it. And so we're like, okay, well, we'll have John and we'll just do uh, a writing on the fly then. Well, now it's this week. And I still want to do a writing on the fly with you. And so... Well, because we geared ourselves up for that. We're itching to do it. That's why. <laughs> and so, listeners, you're going to get a double dose of writing on the fly. But this time uh, with Charlene Schmidt. And so I'm pretty excited. And I want to figure out what we're going to do. Because the, the whiteboard is clear. It's clean. It's so stark clear. Like, you guys really, really clean this thing up. I've not seen it this shiny in... Gosh, it's at least months. What did you use on it? You'd have to ask Bill, the, the nighttime janitor here at Punch It. So, oh yeah, Bill, he's a great guy. Now, do you have like we we kind of went over a TOS era with John? Uh, mm-hmm. Like you and I never really talk about TOS that much. Yeah, we've written one story that took place 
uh, I think just a little bit before Generations, and it focused on yes. Kirk. We've written an Enterprise story. We've written lots of Voyager. If you're lots also counting to the journey, lots and lots of Voyager. A good handful of things of TNG. Those are kind of our go-tos. So I know that you've been just dying to do DS9 for a while. And I've said, dude, I'm not ready. I really want to go back and revisit the series. I've not watched some of these episodes in 20 plus years. And I had to confess the same thing over on Trek Ranks, which is your good friend Jim's podcast. That's right. Yeah. On Twitter, he's Enterprise Extra, hosts a fantastic podcast called Trek Ranks. I was on the most recent episode and had such a great time. So thanks for having me on there. And yeah, DS9, I really want to tackle DS9. Even though I might not be completely up to speed and well-versed, I think if we go earlier on in the time, the better off I'll do. And then whatever gaps I have, you can kind of nudge me and we can make it work. How does that sound? Yeah, absolutely. Like any time that you're comfortable with, I, I'm fine with. Any way to revisit Deep Space Nine is a, is a good day for me. <laughs> so... Is there any gaps? Like, that's usually the first thing that I, I, I like to think about when we do these writing on the flies. Like, because we do episode rewrites or we'll do like a character analysis or something like that. But one thing that I love with writing on the fly is what's something you wanted to hear about? What's something that you wanted to know about? And I, I guess since I guess since I'm the, you just said that you're not really the Deep Space Nine person and I am, I guess I can go first on, on gaps. Uh, <laughs> that's guess... maybe that's not a bad idea at all. <laughs> and the thing is, though, is Star Trek does this right, and that makes it so much fun for us as the uh, right at home folks. We can tie these up however we want. I think with me, I, I'm a big ship guy, and you know that. You know that I oh, yeah. I love ship design. I love that we get so many different types of ships in Star Trek. I loved it in First Contact when we got like all these brand new ships all at once. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. One of my favorite things about Deep Space Nine was the introduction of the Defiant. And <laughs> this, I know this is going to sound nerdy, but then again, this is the nerd party. Uh, <laughs> one of my favorite things about the Defiant was that we got to hear Benjamin Sisko say Defiant. And he says it in such this beautiful way it's just this aggressive way and he'll go onto the, the turbo lift and all he has to do is say to the computer defiant and then it takes him to the, <laughs> the defiant how badass is that what's also badass is that ben cisco had a hand in the defiance design now now is this kind of where we want to go down is like a defiant related story i, I guess i would say yeah let, let's do a defiant type story i mean like I, I just said I love the Defiant. I love everything about how, you know, Benj Benjamin says Defiant. I love what they did with it. It gave them more mobility, and it allowed them to explore the Gamma Quadrant more in a different way. So what could we do with that? Like, if, we, if it's Defiant-centric, I mean, we can't just make it another mission with the Defiant. That's not really Defiant-centric. Like, do nah. we talk about how they got a second Defiant? Do we talk about... <laughs> That's, there, there's that, yeah. There's that, like, <laughs> do we say, like, oh, the Defiant is broken down somewhere, maybe it crash lands somewhere, or do we hmm. talk about, like, oh, well, maybe, like, what if, you know, like, Cisco had something to do with the designing of the Defiant, you know, like, we... They're, okay, yeah, that's something, that is where my mind was actually going, is that since Cisco had a hand in the design of the Defiant, that might be an interesting connection. Now, we do know that the Defiant was shelved as a project because um, right. 
when Wolf 359 happened, they started developing it. They wanted a really small and really powerful ship. And it turns out they did too good of a job because it didn't do such a good job on the tests. It was too small, <laughs> too powerful for its size. And I think they said overgunned. I think, yeah, over, yeah overpowered yeah, and yeah, overgunned. Something yeah, like yeah. that. And so then when the Borg threats started to kind of fade off into the ether, they just decided, okay, we're going to shelve this. And then, lo and behold, Cisco brings it back out when it's needed. So there is that nice little interim period, and we do tend to focus on those, so there is that. Um, but what can we do with that? Well, okay, so let, okay, so let's that's the direction we're going to go in. Okay, so it's going to okay, be let's do that. the Defiant, and, and like this is going to be in between... I think the Defiant came at the beginning of season three. So this yes. is going to be in between season two and three. Okay. All right. That's a great time period. So it came out with The Search, and this was in 94. Mm-hmm. And I, the opening was, if I remember correctly, the opening was Cisco, like he wanted to see how close he could get to uh, to Deep Space Nine without them detecting Without him, without Deep Space Nine detecting the Defiant because he had a cloaking device. Oh, yes, yes, yes. There is that whole thing, too. Yes. So I guess one thing that we could talk about is acquiring the, the cloaking device. Actually, I think we need to go before that. So Cisco is at Starfleet headquarters, and he's debriefed on the Dominion. Mm-hmm. This is the entire reason why he's back at, uh, at HQ. He's talking about the Dominion. He is... You know, he's talking about this is a real threat, and all I have is my station. I don't have a starship and everything like that. <laughs> and then he requests one. He's just like, I've got a bright idea. Uh, you know, I got there's a ship that I designed that's in mothballs. Yeah, exactly. So, there's a ship at the ready. It's not going to cost you a thing because it's already built. <laughs> now, do we talk about him trying to get the Defiant, or do we talk about him prepping the Defiant? Hmm just speaking maybe generally like him fighting to get the defiant is probably just going to be very talky and not that exciting because it's just going to be back and forth of yes no yes no yes no yes no okay Mm -hmm. sign on the dotted line i'm thinking we know that o'brien had a hand in kind of figuring out the defiance problems and making it stable and making it work now what if we had a little bit of an adventure where he and cisco are working this out I think that was later on, though. Well, yeah, yeah, it took a while because I think O'Brien spent what was it? It was more than a year, a season anyway. I, no, it was a couple weeks. Was it okay? <laughs> mm. Wasn't it? I thought it took even longer. Maybe it was like where little kinks kept cropping up, and that just seems to keep O'Brien incredibly busy, no matter what he's working on. That's just, but that's his wheelhouse. That's what he's good at. So, do we want to? F- figure out what the big problem was with the Defiant that is going to at least make it operational and make it a force for dealing with the Dominion. I think that's the thing is that I'm trying to figure out where the drama would be because it says like, because first I had it in my head too. Like I have memory alpha in front of me. Okay. And I had it in my brain too that O'Brien helped him out. All it says is, is that we found out that O'Brien spent two weeks overhauling the Defiant's structural integrity field to overcome the ship's design flaws. But at the beginning okay. of the search, O'Brien is the one who de- who detected the cloak ship in ops. So he wouldn't so, have been with Cisco. So they kind of told us that O'Brien had been working on this ship. They didn't necessarily show us, correct? Again, right. my knowledge is a little 
um, a little faded, <laughs> even though I really love this era of DS9. So could we maybe have Cisco uh, and O'Brien maybe working back and forth and working together to basically keep the ship from blowing up when it's in high combat, high stress situations? I don't know. Is that exciting? Is that is that really a story? Like, uh, is there going to be something maybe where they're in the middle of trying to figure this out, but they also have to do maybe maybe they have to do it on the fly. They've got to go out and do some sort of situation that's going to require them to put the defiant to the test, even though she's not ready, and improvise as they go. Otherwise, they're dead. I get like I guess I'm I'm trying to. I'm trying to reconcile this because I think that's a great idea, but that's kind of what we got in the search. I mean, that's, that's kind of what we we found out. Like, they, it was a trial by fire, and mm. so... And, I mean, as far as the cloaking device goes, that's not too terribly exciting because they negotiated with the Romulans. They have a Romulan person uh, on board who's played by Martha Hackett, who was Seska on Voyager. Mm-hmm. And, yeah... I'm starting to realize that this might not be as rich an area as we thought it was going Maybe to be. Maybe not. And here's the other problem that I'm trying to think of is with, I guess, mechanical issues. A lot of times when they're working in engineering and trying to solve problems, they just tech the tech, the tech out of it. Mm-hmm. And that's not necessarily the most exciting thing when it comes to drama. They just they find a way to make it happen and then it's done. So yeah. it's really hard then to try and make that simpler and relatable and actually a little bit of up and down, dramatic, oh no, is it going to happen or isn't it? Yeah, this is, uh, <laughs> I, I, well, we, might um, have, we might have painted ourselves into a corner. Yes, I was just about to say that. I think this is the first time that we've done this to ourselves and it actually might not work. Okay, so let's change the format. Okay, so this is clearly not going to be an episode. I think what this could be is say that Deep Space Nine was made today. All right. Mm-hmm. Like okay. it was it was it was made today and the search was still gonna be coming out as the season opener. Well, I feel like we this could be like a webisode where Hey <laughs> I, or something, something like that. Short where, and sweet. Short something short and sweet. And I guess that would kind of ruin the surprise in the search, but not by much. Not by much. You know what though? Let's say that DS9 is on CBS All Access. <laughs> this might actually be a great way to entice people to get on CBS All Access and watch the stinking show. Like this is this is a special exclusive only. Uh, exactly. Know. Yeah. Before people re- find a way to rip it and put it on YouTube. Well, then I think that what we could do then is like if this was like a 20 minute thing or like a 10 minute thing, we see, you know, Cisco being debriefed. You know, this is the opening. Like, he is debriefed. Okay. He's sitting down. Maybe he's trying... He's sitting down and he's trying to convince him, like, this This is a big deal. The Dominion is a big deal. The Odyssey was destroyed. Now, clearly, you know, like, maybe... <laughs> you know, maybe he asks... Maybe he doesn't want the Defiant at first. Oh, maybe that's it. And maybe that's the angle that we take. It's like, what if, you know, Cisco asks for a much larger ship? He asked for something insane, like something like with a lot of guns. And he says, he's like, well, the Odyssey is gone. That was a galaxy class starship. And so are you going (laughs) to give me something that's as powerful as a galaxy class starship? And they're like, well, you have a station. We can't give you something like a galaxy class starship. 
And, you know, he, he says, he's like, well, what am I supposed to do? Like, how, how ridiculous is right? it? Like, okay, he's like, you can't just give me, like, an Excelsior-class starship. It's yeah, like, that's not know, going like, to protect the station at all. He's like, the design is, you know, 40 years old and blah, 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 blah. You know, like, or actually, no, even older than that, like 70 yeah. years old. Yeah. And it, it's just so funny because they're like, well, we actually have an idea in mind. And he goes, he's like, well, okay, well, you're not going to give me a Galaxy class. He's like, not an Excelsior class. No. Not a Reliant. Like, not a, not a Miranda class. <laughs> and and they just keep going down the list. He's like, nope. He's like, well, what are you going to do? What's gonna left? Do? Something <laughs> experimental? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Then he starts. To, he starts to jump the gun a little bit. He said, "He's like, well, he's like, I have been hearing that you've been experimenting with uh, with ships that have, uh, you know, they can separate in, into threes, you know, and everything like that. Are you going to give me something <laughs> like that?" And they're like, uh, "No, you've actually helped. You, you've worked on this this vessel before, and you just see him. It's almost like Worf when they were talking about zero gravity. He's like, no. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it." Great reaction shot right there. And the entire reason why is because he knows that it has issues. He's like, I don't want a ship that has issues. Right. He doesn't want to deal with these problems. So then he kind of has to storm in arguing against his own ship that he helped right. produce saying, this thing is a, a mess. There's a reason why we shelved the project. It won't work. And maybe Starfleet just says, we haven't got anything else for you right now. If you want a ship... You make it work. Right. Yeah. I love that. It's like, if you want a ship, you make this work. This is all that we can give you right now. What if we uh, we could do a little fan service where Federation, the Starfleet says, it's either this or nothing. Yeah. This is literally all that we can give you right now. And we can't assign a crew to you like that's already established. Like we can't give you the USS Saratoga. Like we can't just station the Saratoga at Deep Space Nine. Like maybe that's another right. thing that he says. He's like, okay, if, we, if you can't give me a, a powerful enough starship, then station something like the Saratoga at Deep Space Nine. Yeah. Oh, that's that's a great argument to make. And they can't do that too. And the great thing about the Defiant is you need less than a skeleton crew for that ship. Right. It's so tiny. You can, you can man it with the people that you already have on Deep Space Nine. And like, so he's not gonna win this argument. He knows he's snowed. Ex yes, exactly. Like every single counter argument just gets slashed to pieces. So the reaction shots on Avery Brooks's face, <laughs> watching him slowly go down in defeat as he hears this—that's going to be beautiful. And I think what we can do, because Cisco is super excited in the search, he is excited about the Defiant. He likes it. He's in love with the idea, and he knows that it's the best that they have. And so I want to see, like, I want to have this be the rediscovery of that love. Yes, 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 yes. I want him to fall back in love with the Defiant. Yeah, I think this is like... That's such a great idea. Like, he doesn't want to do it. He doesn't want to be there. He's just like, oh my gosh, this sucks. You know, like, they give him a team of engineers to help him kind of prep it, get it into shape. And maybe even Jake's running around, you know, and... Uh, <laughs> and annoying the... <laughs> crazy or just and just annoying the bejesus out of him because it's such a small ship he can hear everything yeah so you know he's the frazzled parent what now <laughs> and <laughs> and i think what we could do and what i was mentioning earlier about fan service is that like have him slowly rediscover it and maybe the person that pushes him over the edge is he's talking to someone via subspace and it's geordie laforge 
oh, well, that, that's a great idea. Who doesn't want a cameo by LeVar Burton? I know, right? So, like, maybe we find out that they have some sort of relationship where they knew each other or they know each other or they used to work together or they served together or they went to the academy together, something like that. And Maybe Jordy was a consultant of some sort in the development of the Defiant, like, he, the, oh, yeah. every now and then when they had questions or something they would ask his opinion he'd give some input and then maybe maybe in this process of getting defiant up to speed maybe that is how he reconnects with jordy i love that idea so it's like hey, he's like when we first started designing this you know you helped uh, you helped consult you you helped to solve some problems like while you tested things in the field yeah tested stuff live would you be willing to do that again and so maybe with talking to jordy Cisco's just like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Like, I don't know if this is going to work. I mean, it's, it's like I, I asked for a galaxy class, something as powerful as a galaxy class starship, and they give me this. And Jordy <laughs> is the one who kind of bucks him up and says, like, are you kidding me? Yeah, yeah. Do you know how he's like, the galaxy class starship is powerful, but it's an exploratory vessel. You need something that can run circles around a Dominion yes. ship, and the galaxy class starship can't do that. Yeah. Instead, he's like, we may be able to do this, this, and this, but we can't do what the Defiant can do. I love it. So he's selling Cisco on the Defiant. You know what? I just side note, I love the Defiant because that little ship has bite. Oh, yeah. And I did call it little. Sorry, little. Worf. Yeah. <laughs> whoa. Hey, whoa. Hey. <laughs> it is, but uh, yeah, it's it's got so many uh, good qualities about it. So I don't know if you want to throw something like this in or not. Maybe it's too much fan service, but I want to throw it out there and see what you think. What if... At this time, Jordy is helping, I guess, yeah, I guess helping to build the E. Because around this time, that is happening. The D is gone. They're building the E. And with it being a sovereign class ship, I'm wondering, if, is there something about this design that can maybe, I don't know, help the Defiant with its problems? Something like that? I, hmm. When exactly did the D go down? Because this is in September of 94 is when the search came out. And so this would be like okay. Cis- Cisco would be in the summer of 94. And okay. Well, yeah, I guess kind of like on our calendar. Yeah. And then generations came out Christmas time of 94. It came Maybe out- I'm not quite right. Okay. So how about this instead? Cause I, I like that okay. idea instead of Jordy saying like, Oh, I'm helping out with developing the E cause he wouldn't be, cause he would still be on, the Enterprise. He would be on the D. Yeah. So what if it's mentioned where like maybe Jordy mentions it or maybe even Cisco mentions it at the beginning where like I kind of did a sly thing where like I was talking about the Prometheus. This is a wink and a nod. Of course, we're telling this after the fact. But, you know, <laughs> yeah. Cisco says he's like, he's like, I hear you're developing something brand new. It, like I heard that you're developing the sovereign class. Like, why can't you slate one of those for Deep Space Nine? And then, like, the Admiral's like, first off, how the friggin' hell do you know about that? And second, (laughs) it's like, that's not going to be ready for years, and you need something now. Oh, I kind of like that. Yeah, and you know what? It makes sense to bring that up because the Sovereign class is smaller than the Galaxy class by far and away, has tons of firepower, though. So maybe it's straddling that line between Galaxy class and Defiant class, and can maybe they can just figure some things out. With that design. What would you rather do? Would you rather have Cisco mention it at the beginning? Or would you rather have Jordy mention it like, oh, well, like I heard they're doing something with a sovereign class. Maybe you can maybe you can use the mm. those techniques with the Defiant. I think that might be a bit of a stretch having Jordy and a sovereign class in one mention. I say let's put the sovereign mention at the beginning. Yeah, I think 
we want Ben to mention it because that's going to get him into some trouble with the Badmerals with the, how did you know that was happening? And then maybe he's got to incriminate Jordy a little bit and like, well, I talk with Commander LaForge of the Enterprise, who I know is helping develop that project, blah, blah, blah. Oh, he blabbed about that? Great. We're going to have to have a little chat with him, too. Well, we just talked about how Jordy wouldn't be developing the Sovereign class. As a consultant, man, <laughs> he's getting the consultant fees. I think no, I he's think... not on there, like actually building it and whatnot. But I don't know. Jordy is always just hitting the books. He's a good person to ask. He knows how to get things done. He's on the flagship of the fleet. I think we can kill two birds with one stone here. He okay. okay so Cisco makes the mention at the beginning, but he doesn't say how he knows. And then later on, once we actually see Jordy and Jordy's talking and building up the Defiant, and everything like that, and that's when it's revealed to the audience where Jordy is his source of information about the Sovereign class. Okay, I really like that. That's more clever writing, much more clever writing. And it, yeah, I'm sorry. I just, for whatever reason, see Jordy being a part of this. I, I can't get that out of my brain. <laughs> I, I don't know why. I can't explain it. So it's all via subspace and Jordy's in, he's out. He pumps up the uh, the Defiant. He, like Cisco, kind of like does a 180, starts walking through the halls a little bit differently, with like a little bit more bounce in his step. He starts seeing the bulkheads in a different light. And he's just like, you know what? Maybe I can make this work. Like we do the whole montage thing where he's working with the crew, like the, the engineering crew. <laughs> and, you know, he's shaking yeah. hands and everything like that. And they get it to a... Occasionally talking to Jordy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Know, and... some problem. They're, they're doing the teching, the tech. And then that sort of eliminates that problem too, where we're not having to really go into detail about what is wrong and having to fix it. They're, they're just doing it. And we, all we see is what we need to see is that it's getting done. Yeah, yeah. And I think it gets to the point where maybe they do a few field tests and we see them work it out and then they realize they're like okay this might be as like the engineering team is just frustrated and they're like this is as good as we can get it and cisco's like this will not work in a battle like like this yeah sure it works in these tests but i still have a lot more concerns and then they're like well i mean like we'll need it for a couple of more couple more months and he's like we don't have a couple more months but i do know somebody who can get a couple of months worth of work done in a couple of weeks oh no oh oh, seriously you're gonna go here and well i don't know data no 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 what i wasn't gonna talk about data i'm talking about cisco is talking about brian and so he's just like he's like okay well if you guys at utopia okay like at, at actually no it was designed at utopia planitia and it it shipped off of the antares shipyard so he's like okay well if you guys at antares can't do this then i'm gonna take it to my own people because they'll be able to figure it out and that's the end of the episode where and that's a straight up lead up to the search okay and maybe do we show just a little smidgen of that clip of maybe we don't reveal it being the cloak but cisco talks to o'brien i have a challenge for you well that would be in the search in the I mean, search yeah i mean, what i'm saying though is do we want to tease that just a little bit in this webisode and then we see it again in in the context oh, oh the okay search. oh okay so he he says he like he's on subspace with o'brien and says it's like i'm bringing a surprise i have something for you to work on yes yeah but he doesn't ready. tell him that it's the defiant and that it's a cloak vessel and everything like that right yes yes that okay. way all of that other stuff is still a surprise in the search it takes nothing away from that story but then when we do see the search it's like oh we saw that Okay, I think that works. I think that's good. I mean, we do need to have something with the... Like, if we're going to have this kind of webisode, we do need to have a reference to the cloak. 
there needs to be a scene or a scenelet where he's talking with the Romulans. Hmm. Do we have, oh gosh, and I forget her name, but Martha Hackett's character, the lady who operates the cloak on the Defiant, do we have her show up? Yeah, I think she, absolutely. I think she needs to be there. She needs to show up. And like maybe she, Ooh, oh, go ahead. We don't explain exact. we do not explain at all why she's there either. We just put her in there. We make it very clear. There's a Romulan on the ship. You don't know why until the following episode. That's a little weird, don't you think? Yes. Yes. But from a narrative standpoint, that that's a little too confusing. I don't want to explain it. I want people to get excited about the following episode, the season three premiere of DS9, and wonder what the heck it is she's doing there. Well, I think... I think there needs to be some sort of preamble. There needs to be some sort of introduction where we establish that the Romulans are helping out and she's reluctant. Like with the services that we're giving you, like you should be lucky that I'm here at all. You know, like something like that where there's some sort of contention. We need to do this like with a lot of subtlety then. Yeah. To not give anything away. So how do we want to do that? <laughs> well, I think I think it could be where like maybe she visits and he's still working on the Defiant and she just totally bashes the Defiant. Oh, I like it. Like, this is how far you've come? Like, yeah, she's like, this is the vessel that you proposed for this experiment. And, uh, and this is how we show Cisco's turn. This is where... He, yeah. where we realize that like oh he loves the defiant now because he's he got a knee-jerk reaction he's like he's like really you're gonna get on my face about this yeah for one thing you have no idea what we've been through to get to this point and second of all i will show you what this thing is going to be capable of doing you just hang on to your hats yeah like some yeah something like that and then so that way it establishes the character it establishes that there's some sort of alliance going on that is uneasy but also unique but we don't know why we don't know how yeah and then we've got a nice mini story of cisco falling back in love with the defiant we see that journey of him going from kind of hate back to love yeah and so there is there is something there so for a webisode for 20 minutes if maybe even that maybe 15 yeah we've got ourselves a little something something i think this works i think it does yeah uh, considering (laughs) We backed ourselves into a corner about halfway through the recording. I'd say we did all right. (laughs) All right. Well, uh, I thank you guys so much for listening. Please make sure to subscribe and uh, let us know what you thought of the story. Like, is there anything, do we need to bulk it up? Do you think it's big enough for a full-fledged episode or you think it wasn't even enough for a webisode? So please let us know by going to thenerdparty.com slash contact, select punch it from the drop-down menu, send us an email. And uh, yes, and also please, 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 Go to iTunes. If you like what we do, please go to iTunes. Give us a review. If you give us a five-star review, we'll mention you on the show. Now, Shar, I do believe that we have a new review. We do, we do. And we have a really good one from a longtime listener, Andrew Swearingen. We know that you've been out there for a long time. We love talking with you. He wrote us a five-star review. And I love the way that he concludes his review on iTunes. He says, buckle up, because Team Lizard Baby's always going to punch it. So <laughs> you can't get any better than that, right? <laughs> I love that. I love that. And longtime listeners will know that we are Team Lizard Babies, and we will forever we be Team Lizard Babies. So Forever. Uh, next week, we're keeping it a secret once again on what we're going to do. But uh, as always, Team Blizzard Babies is going to punch it. Ready for warp, sir. Let's punch it. Join the revolution. Join the nerd party.